If you're able this morning, stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Luke, chapter number 11. Book of Luke, chapter number 11 and verse number 13. Jesus said, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus said, the heavenly Father will give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. Father, I thank you that you loved us so much. Not only did you give us your one and only Son, but you also gave us the Holy Spirit. And we love you, Heavenly Father. We love you, Lord Jesus Christ. And we love you, Holy Spirit. God, I pray today that you'll help me, enable me, empower me today. Lord, I pray that you'll help us to hear the word, but not just hear it. But God, I pray that you'll help us to put in practice in everyday life, in a practical way, the things that we receive today. We ask all of these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Well, we are... We are currently in a series called The Core. Now, we understand that a core is the part of something that is central to its existence or character. It's the foundation upon which everything is built. Now, in this series, we are reminding ourselves of who we are as a church and what we believe. Well, we're walking through our core values and we're walking through our core beliefs and we are currently talking about what we believe about the Holy Spirit. Now so far uh, we have been talking about the fact that the Holy Spirit is a person. Say the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. He's not just a force. He's not just energy, not just some type of weird, mystical, indescribable thing. No, the Holy Spirit is a person. Well, today we're going to talk about the fact that as a person, he passes out gifts. See, the Holy Spirit is a gift giver. And I want us to read about some of his Gifts. Now, these are not all of his gifts, but these are some of his gifts. And we find this in the, the book of 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Begin reading with verse number 1. Paul writes, and he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant. I do not want you to be unlearned or, or untaught. Uh, verse number 4. He says there are diversities of gifts, but it's the same Spirit. He said there are differences of ministries, but it's the same Lord. He said there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. I want to suggest four things about the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to do a little teaching today. Is that all right if I do a little teaching? 
probably going to do a little bit of treaching today. That's teaching with a preacher's voice, okay? Uh, four things I want us to talk about today about the gifts of the Spirit. Now, these are not all of the things that we need to know about the gifts, but these are just the four things that we have time for today. The first thing I want you to understand is, and that is that his gifts are given. His gifts are given. Verse number seven again. Now to each of us is given. Say is given. Now to each of us is given a spiritual gift for the common good. What did Paul say here about the gifts of the spirit? He said they are given. Did he say they're earned? Now, my wife's not in here this morning. She's teaching a class. She won't answer the questions like she normally does, so somebody's got to help me. I said, all right. I said, did he say they are earned? No. Did he say you had to work for these gifts? No. Did he say you had to deserve these gifts? No. Hey, hear me this morning. If the gifts of the Spirit are earned or worked for, then they, w- they would be payment made for services rendered. No, sir. No, the gifts of the Spirit are just that gifts, gifts that are given. All right, let me say two things here about these gifts. First of all, you need to understand that they are not based on how holy we are. The gifts of the Holy Spirit, they're not based on how holy we are. Listen, never judge a person's holiness based on their gifts. And a lot of people do that. But don't never never judge a person's holiness based on their gifts. Listen, I hate to admit it this morning. I hate to say it. But there are some people uh, who are blessed with some incredibly powerful spiritual gifts. And yet they are far from being holy in their actions. And that is a shame. It's an absolute shame. And I would say that people like this will have a greater judgment and harsher penalty to pay for their actions because Jesus said where much is given, much is required. See, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they are not based on how holy we are. Just because I have a spiritual gift, that doesn't mean that I am holy. Gifts of the Spirit, not based on how holy we are. If they were, they wouldn't be gifts. Second thing I want to say here, and that is they're not based on how spiritual we are. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are not based on how spiritual we are. Listen, never assume that the one manifesting a spiritual gift is more spiritual than everybody else. And yet that's what people do. They assume the fact that people that are using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they must be far spiritual than I am. If I could be as spiritual as pastor was, then maybe I could prophesy. Uh, if I were as spiritual as pastor was, then maybe I could be used in the gift of the word of wisdom. No, no, it has nothing to do with how spiritual we are. Remember, these are gifts given, not rewards for our spirituality. So never measure a person's spirituality by how, how, how demonstrative they are in worship. Oh, they jump and, and shout and dance about. They must be really, really spiritual. Maybe they are, maybe they're not. Maybe they just have that kind of personality. I mean, I yell at the ball games. I get excited on the golf course. I mean, it's just a part of my personality. It's not that I'm so spiritual. Amen? So don't, don't measure a person's spirituality by how demonstrative they are in worship or, or how often they exercise spiritual gifts or how often you hear them shondai. Some people shondai, I wish they'd quit shondaying. Until they cleaned up their act at least. No, no, measure it by how they walk the walk, not just how they talk 
the talk. Here's a good one this morning. Measure it. Measure it. True spirituality. Measure it by the fruit of the Spirit they manifest, not the gifts that have been given to them. All right, I'm giving you four things to consider about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. First of all, I said his gifts are given. But not only are his gifts given, but number two, I would suggest that his gifts are generous. His gifts are generous. Listen, the Holy Spirit is not a miser. He's not stingy with his gifts. Two things that you need to know here. Number one is every spirit-filled Christian has a gift. Every, every say every. Every spirit-filled Christian has a gift. You say, Pastor, you got a scripture for that. I just happen to have some. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, Paul writes, he says, to each of us. Did he say to some of us? Did he say to a few of us? To those select spiritual people? What did he say? He said, to each of us is given a spiritual gift for the common Good. What does that tell me? That tells me that every spirit-filled Christian has a gift. Listen, if you have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, which, by the way, is a separate experience from your salvation experience, an experience, an experience where the initial physical evidence or the first outward sign that you have had this experience is speaking in other tongues, or speaking in another language that you did not learn on your own, but was supernaturally given to you. And by the way, I will teach about this before we are through with our series. If you have experienced the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I would say to you, based on Paul's writings, that with this experience, you also receive one or more of the gifts of the Spirit. Every Spirit-filled Christian has a gift. Now, Now, you might not have ever recognized your gift. You may have never exercised your gift, but you have a gift or gifts. Turn to your neighbor and say, you have a gift. Here's something else you need to know. And that is every spirit-filled Christian can receive more gifts. Not only have you you received at least one gift, but if you are a spirit-filled Christian, you can receive more gifts. Gifts. We are not limited to the amount of gifts that we can receive. Verse number 31, Paul writes and he says, eagerly desire, say desire, eagerly desire the greater gifts. Gifts, notice the S on the word gift. That means it's plural, right? If I remember correctly, amen. Notice the word gifts, not just gifts. And again, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 1, Paul writes, he says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, gifts, plural. Let me ask you this morning, have you recognized the gift or the gifts that you have been given? If not, I would encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to reveal them to you. Let me ask you this this morning, that is, are you using the gift or the gifts that you have been given? Given. Maybe you know what they are, but have you been using them? Have you been exercising? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to use you in the gifts that he has given to you? And let me ask you this question this morning. That is, have you asked the Holy Spirit to give you more gifts? More gifts. Listen, here's a thought this morning. He probably, he probably won't give you more gifts until you start using the gift or the gifts that he has already given you. Amen? Let's look at the third thing about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That is, his gifts are grouped. They are grouped. 
Now, nine gifts are listed in verses 8 through 10 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, these nine gifts can be listed in three separate groups of three. Say groups. So let's talk for just a few moments about these nine gifts as they fit into each of these three separate groups. Now, the first group is what some call the revelation gifts. The revelation gifts. Gifts. There are three revelation gifts. Now, why are they called revelation gifts? Because these gifts reveal something. They reveal something. That's why they are called the revelation gifts. And these three revelation gifts are the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. And so all three of these gifts reveal something. Now, I don't have the time this morning to do a detailed study of all nine of these spiritual gifts. So let me just group them for you and say just a word or two about each one of them. You might be sitting there and you might say, Pastor, what is the word of knowledge? What is the word of wisdom? What is the discerning of spirits? And what do these gifts do? Well, let me just say a couple of things about all three of these gifts. First of all, the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom. What is the word of wisdom? The first thing you need to understand is and notice that it's not called the gift of wisdom. Just because you've been given the gift of the word of wisdom doesn't mean you've been given all wisdom and you've got the gift of wisdom. And if anybody needs to know, you're the know-all, tell-all. You, I mean, you know all. You're just, you're just, man, you're just the wisdom man. You are the whiz kid in wisdom. No, it's not the gift of wisdom. It's not possessing all wisdom. It's a word of wisdom. Say a word. It's a word of wisdom or a portion actually of God's wisdom that has been deposited into us and been given to us for a particular situation. All right, what is the word of knowledge? Well, the word of knowledge is a portion of God's unlimited knowledge. A portion of God's, how many know God is omniscient? That means God's all-knowing. That means God knows everything. So since God knows everything, sometimes God will reveal things to us that we don't know and we can't know and we can speak forth what we don't know but but God has given it to us supernaturally and we can speak it forth. That's a word of knowledge. It is a portion of God's unlimited knowledge given to us supernaturally. It's knowledge that we did not have on our own. It's knowledge that we had no way of knowing or no way of receiving. Again, it is a word of knowledge. It is not that we are all knowledgeable. We know everything about everything. No, it is a word of knowledge or knowledge we need for the moment or for a particular situation that we had no other way of getting. How many's tracking with me this morning? The third one is the discerning of spirits. What is the discerning of spirits? Well, the gift of the discerning of spirits is the ability to ascertain which spirit somebody is speaking out of. To understand and be able to ascertain, be able to, de- to determine what spirit someone is speaking out of. If you have the discerning of spirits this morning, you could discern the spirit that I am talking to you out of this morning. Am I talking to you out of the Holy Spirit? Or am I talking to you out of my human spirit? Or am I talking to you from an evil spirit? Well, the discerning of spirits will allow you to be able to determine what spirit someone is talking out of. These are the three revelation gifts, or the three gifts that reveal something. All right, I would ask you this this morning. Do you think these three gifts would be helpful to possess? And then the next group I'd like to talk about is what is called 
the three vocal gifts. Three vocal gifts. Why are these gifts called vocal gifts? Because these gifts say something. These three gifts say something. So they're called vocal gifts. And these three gifts are prophecy, the gift of prophecy, the gift of tongues, and the gift of the interpretation of tongues. What are these gifts? Well, first of all, what is the gift of prophecy? Well, the gift of prophecy is inspired utterance. Inspired utterance. It's speaking forth a message that God wants a particular person or group of people to hear. And that message is delivered in the native tongue of the person speaking. Now, prophecy is not preaching, but sometimes preaching can become prophecy. There are times when I am preaching, and I am preaching a prepared message. I prepared this. I worked all week long on this message, and I've, I've worked hard on it. It's a prepared message. I've asked God what he wants me to say, and I've done my best to find out exactly what God wants me to say. But there are many times when I'm preaching along, and all of a sudden there comes an utterance that comes forth that I didn't prepare, I didn't get ready for, I didn't plan to speak, but all of a sudden out of, my, out of the, out of the the Holy Spirit will come out of me and will say something. There's sometimes when I say something in the first service, I don't say in the second or vice versa. And sometimes it is a word of prophecy while I'm preaching that, that, that resonates within the heart of someone that needs to hear it. Prophecy, inspired utterance. What is the next one? The gift of tongues. What is the gift of tongues? That is God speaking through someone supernaturally in a language not known to them personally. Now that could be an earthly language. It could be a heavenly language. And then there's the gift of interpretation of tongues. What is the gift of the interpretation of tongues? It's the ability given supernaturally to the, the ability given supernaturally to be able to interpret the gift of tongues. So if someone in the service gave a message in tongues, they spoke out a message in another tongue, a language in a language that was not learned by them, a language that no one in the audience would know. Then the Lord would also use someone else to give the interpretation to the message that had just been given. And they would give the interpretation of the message that had just been, been given by the other person. Uh, I want you also to notice here that it is the gift of interpretation. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, bad teaching or a lot of, uh, not bad teaching, but a lot of misunderstanding. Because sometimes there can be a message in tongues and it lasts this long and then you get an interpretation and it lasts this long. And you say, how can that be? Or you get a message in tongues this long and the interpretation is that long. You say, how that couldn't be? How could that be? Well, it could be because it is the gift of interpretation, not the gift of translation. It's not a word-for-word translation. Rather, it is an interpretation or description of what has just been said in tongues. How many still tracking with me this morning? All right, then there are the three power gifts. Three power gifts. Well, why are these called power gifts? Because these gifts do something. These three gifts do something. These three gifts are the gift of faith, the gifts of healings, and the gift of working, the working of miracles. Well, what is the gift of faith? The gift of faith. Well, the gift of faith is special faith. Everyone has been given a measure of faith. We all have faith. No one could say, I don't have faith. Everyone has been given a measure of faith. Now, your measure may be greater than mine, and mine might be greater than yours, but everyone has been given a measure of faith. Without a measure of faith, we could not be saved. 
And we're not talking about faith that has been given to us like everyone has been given. We're talking about the gift of faith as a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. And so the gift of faith uh, as a gift of the Holy Spirit is special faith given for a specific circumstance. Special faith given for a specific circumstance. It's not perfect faith that works every single time and works for every situation. No, it is special faith given by the Holy Spirit for a specific situation. Well, the second uh, one of the power gifts is the gifts of healing or the gifts of healings. Notice this is the only gift that is plural, the gifts of healing. Not the gift of healing, but the gifts of healing. Why is this gift a plural gift? Well, you may differ than what I do. It doesn't matter. You can correct it the next time you pastor your church. But I'm not going to be dogmatic on this, but why is this gift a plural gift? Perhaps. Say perhaps. Pastor, say, pastor said perhaps. Perhaps because there are different kinds of healings needed. Sometimes you need physical healing. Sometimes you need emotional healing. Sometimes you need mental healing. I'm sure there are other explanations and other answers for that, but perhaps that is one of the reasons why the gifts of healing or the gifts of healings is in the plural. How many know the Holy Spirit uses people to flow the healing powers of Jesus through? You know, the Bible says, if anyone is sick among you, let him call the elders of the church and let them lay hands on them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will raise the sick and the Lord will heal them. Well, the Bible says over in James. Think, think of certain ministers. I'm not going to name, put names out there because you may not like that name or you might have a problem with that name. So I'm not going to put any names out there. But, but just think of certain ministries, especially in years gone by. Think of certain ministers that were known for their healing ministry. What was happening? Were they any more spiritual than the local pastor in the local church that has 50 people in it? No. We've already covered that, right? They just have a gift. They have a gift of the Holy Spirit called the gift, the part of the gifts of healing. And, and there, we, we've, we could all know people, well-known people and not so well-known people, that, that, that for whatever reason they have been used in this gift of the Spirit called the, 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 the gifts of healings, and they've seen multiplied people healed through their ministry. Here's what I've learned, and that is God seems to give his ministers specialized ministries. Specialized ministries. That's why that one pastor, sometimes it happens, but not often, does one pastor pastor a church for 40, 50, 60 years. Why? Because there are different things that a church needs at a particular time in the history of that church. And oftentimes, God will bring in one man to bring one thing that the church needs, and then once that thing is met, then God will move him on somewhere else, so somewhere else his gifts can be used, and God will bring somebody else in uh, with different gifts to take the church to a different level, to a different place where the Lord wants to do at that particular time. And it seems to me that God God seems to give ministers specialized ministries based on the gifts that he has given them. My ministry, my ministry has been very practical in nature. 
very practical in, in, in nature. And God has used my ministry, especially the last 30 years. I can look back over the last 30 years of my 45 years of ministry. And God has used my ministry to restore broken people and struggling churches. And I could point to about three or four different areas and different places where God has placed me, where the people were wounded, where the people were hurt, where the people were broken, where the church was splintered, where the church was broken up. And the Lord has brought us in and used us to bring restoration to the church. Can I, can I, can I, uh, can I meet every need of every church? No, but I have some particular need, uh, some particular gifts that God has given me, and God will use my particular gifts into the particular places that need my particular gifts if I'm willing to hear his voice and follow his leading. How many still tracking with me this morning? So here's what I want to say to somebody this morning. That is never discount your ministry because it doesn't seem as spiritual. It doesn't seem as dramatic as somebody else's. Listen, we all have gifts and all gifts are needed. And no one can boast and no one can brag about a ministry that is successful because of the gifts that have been given to them by the Holy Spirit. Instead, all glory and all honor and all credit for success should always be given to the giver of our gifts. Because the truth of the matter is, this morning, without his gifts, we would all fall flat on our face. All right, let's look at the third of the power, third of the power gifts, and that is the working of miracles. The working of miracles. What is the working of miracles? Well, this gift is supernatural power to do things which are otherwise impossible. Uh, Jesus, when he turned the water into wine. Uh, Jesus, when he fed 5,000 hungry people. Families uh, uh, with five barley loaves and two small fish. You might say, Pastor, why don't we see miracles today? Why don't we see miracles today? Because we're not looking for them. Because I'm telling you, if you would be looking for them, you would see them. Because miracles are still happening today. In fact, miracles happen every single day. Often I see it. Often I see it. People live after prayer when the doctor said they should have died. Sometimes we wonder why the tests turn out like they do and why they're having such a problem figuring it out because, man, they're, you know, prayer's getting in the mix of that thing. God's in the process of healing and it messes up all their diagnosis and all their tests and they're going, well, what am I doing here? Yeah, miracles happen every day. People, people live after being prayed for when the doctor said they should have died. Friend of mine, a friend of mine says that there was a time in his life when he was struggling financially to feed his family. He was doing everything he could to feed his family, but he, but, but he, but he was really struggling. And he said that, that God literally, he, he, he said God literally caused his, the tires on his car. He was a salesman. And he said the tires on his car went tens of thousands of miles tens of thousands of miles without the tread ever getting thinner. It's a miracle. I have personally watched God help me drive many, many miles on an empty tank of gas when our ministry trip, we're on a ministry trip and there was no gas available. Hey, pastors, but not only pastors, but pastors. I've heard pastors that, that talk about praying for food to feed their family because they had no food to feed their family. And while they were still praying, a perfect stranger knocked on their door with bags of groceries saying something inside of me said to bring you people some groceries. 
And I could go on and on and on and on this morning. Listen, listen, we experienced a miracle in our own family this week. This week. Kristen Sean's little foster baby, Jeremiah, burned his little hands, one hand severely on the glass front to a gas fireplace. He did this early Thursday morning. They rushed him to the ER. The ER sent them to a burn center hospital, and at the burn center specialist hospital, they told him that this little boy needs surgery, and this little boy needs a skin graft, and it needs to be set up immediately, and they said it'll take a full year for him to recover. Well, after much prayer, after much prayer by so many people on Friday, this happened Thursday morning. On Friday morning, the burn specialist said there was a dramatic change in his hand and he would not need surgery and he would not need a skin graft. And I want to tell you this morning, this was not a result of medical treatment, as wonderful as medical treatment can be sometimes, but they had done absolutely nothing. This was the miracle work power of Jesus. I'm telling you, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are still in operation today. Let me ask you this morning, how many of you think that the Holy Spirit gives a, the Holy Spirit's gifts are valuable? You say, Pastor, why don't we see and experience these gifts more often? Well, because you're not looking for them. Because they are in operation. They are happening. Well, let me give you several answers. Number one, the gifts of the Spirit are operating today. Just because you don't recognize them doesn't mean they're not happening. And just because somebody doesn't shout, thus saith the Lord, that doesn't mean they're not being used in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Here's another reason, and that is the gifts of the Spirit are not just for public worship. Don't assume just because you're not seeing that here in this service this morning that it's not in operation. These gifts are often operating outside the four walls of the church. They're operating at the hospital. They're operating in somebody's home. They're operating, uh, uh, they're operating at work. They're operating in private prayer at the altar. And here's another really good answer, and that is because, because we aren't sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit so he can use us. You have a gift, and he wants to use you in your gift. So be sensitive to your gift and be used by the Holy Spirit. And then number four, because we don't ask the Holy Spirit to show us our gifts. And not only do we not ask the Holy Spirit to show us our gifts, we don't ask the Holy Spirit to grow us in our gifts. See, see, listen, we not only need to receive a gift from the Holy Spirit, but we also need to develop the gift that we have been given. He, he not only wants to give us gifts, but he wants us to grow in our, in our gifts. And then he wants to, and another reason is because we don't ask him to give us more gifts. Amen. Well, I'm out of time, but I'm not out of message. I'm going to keep on going. Is that okay? Hope it is because I'm doing it anyway. Amen. All right, let's talk about the fourth thing we need to know about the Holy Spirit. I've got to finish this because next Sunday we're doing something different, so I don't want to leave you hanging. The fourth thing that we need to know about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and that is his gifts are governed. His gifts are governed. Pay close attention to me this morning, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 26 through 33. Listen, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let there be two, or at the most three, each in turn, let one interpret. 
But if there's no interpreter, let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. For you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. I need 20 minutes here. I'm going to do it in five, all right? Help me out here, all right? Listen, gifts can prove to be a blessing or a hindrance, depending on what is done with them. And because of this, because of this, God chose to govern or regulate his gifts. So let me remind all of us of three governing principles that have been placed in Scripture on the use of spiritual gifts. The first one is the gift is under the control of the saint. You got to get this this morning. The gift is under the control of the saint. Listen, listen, write this down. The saint controls the gift. The gift does not control the saint. 1 Corinthians 14 and 32 says the spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. See, the Holy Spirit is a perfect gentleman. He doesn't force himself or his gifts on anyone. He doesn't make anyone do anything. He doesn't violate anyone's, anyone's will. See, I've seen a lot of things happen in church. A lot of things happen in spirit-filled Pentecostal churches. We've run a lot of good people away because we've been weird. And we've been out of order. I want to be spirit-filled, but I want to be wacky. All right? And people often get out of order in a church service by operating their gifts improperly, improperly, and then they say, I couldn't help myself. I couldn't help myself. The Holy Spirit was so strong on me this morning, Pastor, I couldn't stop myself. Wrong! You allowed your flesh to get out of control. Or you have been improperly taught. See, there are proper uses of the gifts of the Spirit, and there are improper uses of the gifts of the Spirit. Your gift is under your control. The person operates the gifts. The gifts do not operate the person. Now, am I saying, because somebody's going to go away saying this, I'm going to have to do this. Am I saying that the saints control the Spirit? No! I'm saying that they control the gifts of the Spirit that have been given to them. Second thing I want to say here, and that is the gifts should be exercised in an orderly manner. 1 Corinthians 14 and 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, and they should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. Verse number 40, everything should be done in an orderly way. See, the Holy Spirit doesn't orchestrate chaos. The Holy Spirit always works in an orderly manner. A person operating in the gifts should never interrupt. You should never interrupt me while I'm preaching with a, with a, with a, gift, with a gift of tongues. Say, Pastor, you're saying you're more spiritual? No, I'm saying that you're interrupting, and the Holy Spirit is a gentleman, and the Holy Spirit doesn't interrupt person operating the gift should never interrupt, but should wait for a pause in the service before operating their gift. You say, what if there's no pause? Then blame it on the people in charge of the service for not giving a pause, but you keep quiet. Two wrongs don't make a right. 
See, if the pastor is preaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, why would the Holy Spirit interrupt the pastor with a message in tongues or a prophecy or any other gift? He would not do this because in essence he would be interrupting himself. See, see, just because you feel an unction to exercise your spiritual gift, that doesn't mean you should do it right then. But you should wait for an appropriate time. And an appropriate time is when the gift would not be interrupting what the Holy Spirit is already doing. All right, let me, let me pause a moment and say this also. We need to be very careful to not go out, to not get out of order in our worship as well. Not just in the gifts of the Holy Spirit should we not get out of order, but we, we should not get out of order in our worship as well. You say, Pastor, how, how could we get out of order with our worship? The answer is when we are so emotional and so demonstrative that we draw attention to ourselves or hinder other people from worshiping. See, see, worship should draw attention to God, not to us. And when people cannot focus on God because they're so focused on us, because we're going wacky, or we're so loud, come on, and i got to watch myself because I'm a loud person. I give myself an out because I am the pastor, but I shouldn't give myself an out. We need to be careful, amen? We need to be careful we don't hinder hinder other people from worship. Worship should not draw attention to us, but worship should draw attention to God. Listen, remember the spirits of the prophets are under the control of the prophets. I just couldn't, I got so emotional today because I just couldn't help myself. Yes, you could. Because the spirits of the prophets are under the control of the prophets. Listen, hear me this morning. Hear me. Enthusiasm and, ex- and excitement and, and spiritual zeal are great. And there's sometimes I'd like to put dynamite under some people. <laughs> Enthusiasm, excitement, spiritual zeal are great. But not to the point of drawing attention to oneself or hindering other saints. See, what you need to also remember, and that is not everyone in the service is a spirit-filled saint. I've got people listening to me right this morning that have never heard anybody teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit in their whole life. They don't even understand whether there be any gifts of the Holy Spirit. Talking in tongues, what are you talking about, Willis? I don't know what you're talking about. Say, Pastor, are we not going to be Pentecostal? We're not going to be spirit-filled? And we're not going to flow in the gifts because we're afraid that, you know, we might run somebody off that doesn't understand. No, we are going to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. We are going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. We are a Pentecostal church. We are a Spirit-filled church. But we're not going to be wacky. And we're, and, we're, and we're not going to get out of order. And we're going to be taught. That's what I'm doing right now. We're going to be taught. And we're going to know how to respond to the Holy Spirit. How many still tracking with me this morning? And then this... The next thing is there are limitations on the use of the gifts. Limitations on the use of the gifts. 1 Corinthians 14, 27 through 31 tells us this. Notice notice these limitations. A maximum of three messages in tongues in a given service. All three of them must be interpreted. So if there's a message given, there's no interpretation given, then keep your mouth shut. Don't give any more. They all have to be interpreted. If there's not one interpreted, then why would you give another one? 
Nothing puts the damper and nothing throws cold ice on a Pentecostal service than a message in tongues without interpretation. How many know what I'm talking about? See, the, the truth of the matter is Paul teaches that you should know those that labor among you. You ought to know who's here. And you, before you are using the gift of, 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 of tongues to give a message in tongues, you have to do one of two things. You either have to know that you know that you know that, that there is someone in that congregation that has the gift of the interpretation, or you have to be willing to give the interpretation yourself if somebody else doesn't give it. Amen? If there's no one there with the gift of interpretation and you do not have the gift of, the, uh, gift of interpretation, then zero messages in tongues should be given. It will just be chaos. And then a maximum of three prophecies should be given per service. And each should be given in turn. And do not interrupt someone else to exercise your gifts. Verse 33 says, God is not a God of disorder. Can I get some help on the platform this morning? How many still tracking with me this morning? Amen? Is this treaching okay today? The Holy Spirit's given. The Holy Spirit's gifts are given to us in order to enhance our ministry. What we do with these gifts is our gift back to God. Father, I just pray today that you'll take this word today that has been delivered. Holy Spirit, would you do what needs to be done? Lord, help us to understand the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Give us a hunger. Give us a thirst. Give us a desire for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us, God, to operate in the gifts. Lord, not just in church, but, Lord, as we go about our daily activities. Lord, as we visit someone in the hospital, we counsel somebody. Holy Spirit could use us. Help us. Holy Spirit, help us. We want to be Spirit-filled. We want to be Pentecostal. We want, we want the Holy Spirit to be welcome in this house. We want the Holy Spirit to do what we can't do. But we also want everything done decently and in order because that's your will and that's your word. And we don't want to run off good people because, because we've been weird. We know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit can help us. The misuse of the gifts of the Holy Spirit can hinder us. 